Welcome to Home Education Matters, the weekly podcast supporting you on your home education journey. Hello, and today I am joined by Helen Harold and Jenny Cassidy. And I'm very excited about today's podcast because they are going to be telling me about something that I know very little about. And so it means that I get to find out lots of things alongside our listeners. So first of all, though, before we launch into that, um, Helen and Jenny, would you like to tell us a little bit about your home education journeys? Um, Shall I start? Uh, So I'm Helen. Um, I've got seven children. Um, My baby is now 15. So I'm still home educating two. I've got a 15 year old and a 17 year old at home. And I've got five others that have left kind of me left homeschooling and they're at um, several are at university and um, a couple of them are in work now. We've actually used uh, an American high school diploma. Um, that's the sort of route we took for various reasons. I, I'd never like, heard of it or anything. But then when I did hear about it, it just seemed to be a much broader curriculum than the British curriculum um, so that you do more subjects uh, for longer. So you do sort of five or six subjects through the sort of 16 to 18 year old bit. So that, that's what we've done and we've loved it. It's been a very, you know, fruitful journey and we, you know, we've really loved homeschooling. It's been, it's been great for our family and uh, been great for our qualifi- you know, qualifications part of it as well. Jenny, what about you? It was, it's actually pretty funny because Helen and I've got a lot in common. <laughs> we both have seven children. <laughs> <laughs> and actually very similar ages as well. Uh, our eldest is 26 and our youngest, we have three still at home homeschooling because we have twins at the end uh, who are 14. So we're 14 and one that's just finishing his high school diploma right now. The others, um, similar to Helen also, <clears throat> two are actually married and they've gone on to do um, mostly Three of them have gone to do a liberal arts degree. One has got a second degree in philosophy and doing a master's in theology right now. One has gone on not to further studies. I think it's interesting, isn't it, to hear what other other families have done, what their children have gone on to do. But I kind of, I list the degrees. I shouldn't because I know there's so many different ways people can um, come out of home education, right? There's so many different avenues if it's, you know, apprenticeship or any kind of work or courses or, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be further education. But I do know that some people are concerned about that for their home educated um, children, that they might not be able to go on to further education. Um, So I think it it is good to mention that. And I know Helen's a bunch of them, most of them have gone on to be really successful academically. And I think that's a good advert for for how well educated homeschooling kids can be, how possible that is, you know. Have you always home educated in the UK, both of you? Because you use the term homeschooling and and obviously we'll sort of talk about this in a minute, but you also use the American qualification approach. So I wonder whether you have a kind of transatlantic background at all, either of you. Um, um, the, yeah. I don't know about transatlantic because neither of us have ever lived in in the States, but uh, we lived for 12 years in Austria and we were based at an American university campus where my husband studied and then taught there. Um, And the Harolds were there. That's how we know each other. They were there for um, a couple of years at the same place. 
So I guess our American connections are pretty strong in that our older kids, speaking for our own family, our older kids grew up with Americans and they have gone on, three of them, to American universities, partly because they were a really good option, partly because we were in that American system and following an American program, but also because they were very, they've never lived in England. <clears throat> we started in Scotland. Um, so it's kind of almost home for them over there as much as it is here. So, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I tend to use the term homeschooling because I, myself and my children, we traveled around and lived in lots of different countries. And, and of course, all over the world, that's the, that's the term that's used. And so you get used to that. And, and actually, invariably, most of the home educators you meet abroad they're American homeschoolers, so you get sort of used to that being the term, don't you? Oh, okay. I didn't even realise. <laughs> that just shows we're surrounded by Americans. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your unique approach to home education, because I know you came on a Facebook group recently and you mentioned about this, and I had I had heard a little bit about the GCSE equivalents that Americans do, but I didn't know much about the A-level equivalent. So tell us a little bit about that system and why you think that's a helpful route uh, for home educators to take in the UK. Okay, so so our kids were doing this high school diploma um, and we wanted them to have the option a bit, to be able to go to a British university. So we had to kind of figure out, you know, was that going to be enough and how we were going to do it? Um, and it, it, it kind of sometimes can be enough to have the high school diploma and to get into a British university, but it often isn't. So then you, you need an extra qualification. <clears throat> so the qualification you need is something called an AP exam. Um, it stands for advanced placement and it's, you know, so it's like a kind of, a, you know, equivalent to an A-level. So, so we had to, you know, find it out, really, we had to kind of find out, and I suppose it made sense for us to look at American exams, because we were in an American education environment anyway. So we investigated the AP exams. And then, you know, we've had children, you know, now we've had children that successfully have done them and have gone to university. And the, the, the way that they're different is that they're one year exams, so it's a one year qualification, and you tend to need three of them. So we investigated these qualifications and they're one year qualifications and but they're equivalent to an A-level. So you can tend to need about three of them to get into a British university. That's that's kind of, you know, that's how it works, really. And we've had kids that have now done that success, successfully. So what you're saying is that you could take a child from, say, 12 and you could educate them through the American route and they could then um, go to British universities using the American qualifications, which were, did you mention high school diploma? Does that equate to our GCSE levels? Yeah, so that so you, you can do a high school diploma um, and that's a four year qualification. Um, and children can, they usually start at 14, but you know, they can start it younger. So it's a four year qualification and then they get, and that's equivalent to five GCSEs. And what's kind of exciting about that as well is that there's now, um, there's actually a, another Facebook group that has set up for people doing, it, looking and exploring, you know, these alternative qualifications. And just recently, just last week, there was, there's a um, an American lady who's actually providing like the umbrella school for British kids to be able to do these high school diplomas. So up until now, there's only been American, you know, organizations that you can do these high school diplomas with but she's actually doing it for the British market. So she's setting it up. It's called Homeschool Directive. So she's setting it up, these high school diplomas for British kids um, and British families. And that's, you, you know, starting now, really. Do you, do you mean sitting the exams with them or studying the subjects with them? 
Um, so you design your own high school diploma yourself, really, with them, with Homeschool Directive. And some courses, there will be exams and some courses, the parents are going to set the exams. It's, it's such a it's such a different system. I know it's such a different system to get your head around. So it's not it's not a, it's not like GCSEs. It's not that you, you know, you'll get tested at the end of the year, you know, with a public examination. There won't be public examinations unless you choose to use a GCSE for one of your high school credits. I think, yeah, if, if people are interested in exploring that, it's, it, we had a whole hour with this lady kind of explaining the high school diploma, and it's it's just not a simple thing to kind of get your head around. Um, <laughs> you know, so she was explaining how you could use, say, car maintenance, or you could use your dancing qualifications or typing qualifications. So all these things can, in a high school diploma, count. So you could have a very academic high school diploma, or you could have a much more practical high school diploma. But at the end of the day, you'll come out with something that's equivalent to five GCSEs. Um, but, and now there's a way to do that in the UK. You know, just recently, this is like, you know, the last week or so, this, they've launched and you can do this in the UK. What took me a while to get my head around it, that, you know, when we went to school, it was, you studied, a well, you studied however long, and then you sat an exam. Well, you did have coursework that went towards that exam result, right? You know, the exam result, the coursework, whatever, got you your GCSE, whereas the, the way the high school diploma works is what we do for our children. I think it's so much more suited to homeschoolers than the GCSE system, which is obviously designed for the classroom. The high school diploma, which they do in American schools as well, you're taking a course. So you're taking a subject each year of those four years. So you're taking a list of subjects for each year. And each of those courses um, are a certain amount of hours. There's a certain amount of stuff in them. And you will earn a credit for getting through that stuff. So at the end of the four years, you'll have this quantity of credits under a list of different subjects. And depending on the grades you get for all of those is your what's on your transcript at the end of the high school diploma. How many subjects do you tend to study? Is it? because you said it equated to five GCSE so do you study five subjects or or is it many more than that? For the high school diploma it's usually going to be about 25 credits so so that'd be 25 courses that you have to do but that's over a period of four years so it's a what's the difference is that GCSEs you do in two years this is a four-year qualification so you tend to do about six per year. So is it a bit more like the international baccalaureate then yes. in that, that it's yes. got a wider range of subjects? Yes yes that's, I mean, that's how I would often kind of explain it to people that it's, you know, it's it's more so in terms of its breadth, not in terms of its detail, because obviously the back the back's got um, exams, so it uh, it won't necessarily have exams. So you mentioned that it's four years and that children start at fourteen. Mm -hmm. So they study at fourteen, they go through to eighteen, mm -hmm. and they get equivalent of five GCSEs. Yes. It, it, like that, like feels inefficient to me. Like in my head, it kind of feels like that. Mm -hmm. It feels a long time just to get mm -hmm. four, uh, five GCSEs at the end of it. Yeah. And that, I, I agree. And that's, and that's the thing. I mean, it took me such a long time. And this, this, it's kind of complicated to explain. It's complicated to explain without a diagram. I hope you explain this with a diagram. So, as I mentioned, you could, your high school diploma could have a lot of car maintenance in it, a lot of typing in it, a lot of dance in it. It could be a very practical high school diploma. And because you could have a high school diploma like that, it's almost like the British universities are saying that you could do this sort of equivalence. You can send your high school diploma off and you'll, you'll get an equivalence 
And this, so the British universities are saying almost like the lowest this is going to be is equivalent to five GCSEs. So this is like the kind of the, the bottom, the, the least mm. academic student will have equivalent to five GCSEs because they will have spent four years doing this. But on the other hand, you could get a kid who's done much, much more difficult, more academic -y kind of type of things, not necessarily more worthy, but just different, you know, much more academic type of things. And their high school diploma is clearly worth much, much more. But because it isn't accredited in the same way as GCSEs are, and there's no standardization in the same way GCSEs are, the British universities are saying, well, we we can only almost recognize that as the lowest level, which is the five GCSEs. So that, that how it is. So so most people are studying at a level far higher than GCSEs, but you know, that's all they're getting from it, which is why the APs almost kind of go alongside it for the, you know, for an academic kid. And your listeners are probably completely confused by now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th I think let me sum it up. So <clears throat> if I got it right. So it's four years and the least you'd get is equivalent to five GCSEs, which is what most uni British universities want. Right. I think some want mm -hmm. six, some want seven. But generally, mm -hmm. I'm guessing they would all take the high school diploma anyway, because mm -hmm. it's American and it kind of maps across. So do they have to take four years to do it? So what if they were like super academic and I don't know, or like they'd already had, maybe they already had a couple of GCSEs because a lot of home educated children sit them early. So could they actually fast track through it and say finish at 16? Yeah, yeah. And and you could start earlier, you know, so you could start at 13. Yeah, so you could, you know, probably, I think, I think homeschool directive, I think you can even start at 12, 11 or something. So yes, you certainly could start earlier. So you could start at say 12 and then do four years that would finish you at yeah. 16. So so mm -hmm. then that moves us on to the next step. So obviously um, five GCSEs isn't enough to get you into university anywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that's the same for the US as well, is it? No, that, that's that, yeah, that's it's, it's, it's a different system in the US. So in the US, a high school diploma and you do something called an SAT exam. So that together with the SAT exam, which is an English and maths type of exam it's a three-hour English and maths exam that's enough to get you into a British university sorry into an American university hmm. I always had the impression that American universities had like really high academic standards for admissions no. but no. wow it's, now, it, uh, now I know they're, 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 like their degrees like excuse me their degrees are more general so they they have a four-year degree uh, and most of our degrees are three-year degrees so they start at a lower level so is the theory that it's almost like an access year that mm. first year yes oh, okay that's yes. interesting so so <laughs> If you were to take our fictional home ed student who maybe started at 12, then they went to 16, they've done their high school diploma with homeschool directive or whatever. They've mm -hmm. chosen 25 different subjects that all appeal mm -hmm. to their personality and mm -hmm. they've got themselves their high school diploma at 16 and they want to go on to study theoretical physics at Oxford. So now at that point, what what would they do then? Um Okay, so if you if you want to do theoretical physics at Oxford, you're bright, and you're probably going to need more than three APs. You're probably going to need five APs to go to Oxford. Most kind of British universities, you're going to need three APs. So if you want to do theoretical physics, you're probably going to need a physics AP, a calculus AP, I don't know, chemistry AP, and I don't know, another maths AP. You know, so you'd need four AP exams. So they split the subjects a little bit for the AP. So you wouldn't just have maths and further maths, for example. You'd maybe have calculus, differentiation, maths, that kind of thing. No, no, it's just there's, there's two different types of calculus. There's the calculus, I think it's called the calculus AB and the calculus BC. So maybe you would do two different calculus ones and then you would do physics and maybe chemistry or something. You would do five APs. 
And so the British universities, they say, okay, the high school diploma, that's good. We're happy with that. But we want sort of like basically A-level equivalents off you as well, because you've got your GCSE equivalents. That was your high school diploma. So we want A-level equivalents off you. And then they would say, well, if if we were looking at uh, just a, a British standard standard educated child we would want say four a levels as an mm -hmm. example is, is that when you would then say well then in that case they need four ap's yeah i, I think i mean you, you can look on so if you look at the university websites and you look on the international um section of it then it will tell you how many ap's you've got it's usually three um so it's usually three ap's would be three a levels if they need three a levels then it's usually going to be three ap's I guess someone like Oxford or Cambridge, it's probably going to be five APs. Someone told me last week that their son wanted to do war studies at King's and she need, he needed five APs. So if it's a, a particularly academic university or subject, then you, you're probably going to need five. OK, and so talk me through the APs then, because they sound interesting. OK, so there's Damox Learning. We're going to be offering about 10 next year and they're a one year exam. Uh, so it's a one-year course, um, but obviously you've done a lot before that. So if you're doing an AP in biology, you've got to have done some biology before that. You you can't just, it's not the, like a one-year course and, you, you know, you're good. You left to have done some biology before that. You mean GCSE um, level biology, for example? Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to have done something like that beforehand. And it's a one-year course. Um, the exam, is it, most exams are two-hour exams. Um, happen once a year, so they happen in May. Uh, so most AP courses start at the end of August and they and the exams in the beginning of May. And it's a sort of two, three hour exam. That's one, two, one to exam. three hour exam. Yeah, one exam, just one paper. They only have one paper, any of these subjects, any of the APs. <laughs> they're it different. Feels like, they're different, you know. You know, you know when you know when you hear people saying things and you think there's gotta be a catch here because <laughs> well, like what's know. the catch? Yeah. <laughs> Because obviously A-levels, they're normally two years and there's multiple. I mean, my son's doing A-levels and I think for one, he's got four exams he has to sit, <laughs> not to mention a thousand pounds worth of practicals that he has to go to a centre to sit. But you're saying that because they're American, they map across to our A-levels, even though they're one year's worth of study and they are what they're, they're um, assessed by one exam at the end of it. Yeah, so... So in, if you look at the UCAS points, so if you if you like to so UCAS have a, a system and they tell you how many UCAS points your, you know, your qualification is equivalent to and the AP will only have half the, so I can't remember how much it is, say it's, you know, you get 500 points for an A level, then you only actually get 250 points for an AP. So it's only, so, so the universities almost understand that it's not equivalent to an A level. But in terms of when you apply to university and when you look at the you know what they want on their website and when it tells you how many aps they only will require or pretty much always they'll say three aps the reason being that the americans don't have the option of doing an a level they don't have something that has 500 ucas points there's no such it doesn't exist for them so if an american's coming to a british university the best they can do is have an ap that's the kind of the only thing they have on offer so, so so that translates for us as well so we're we're kind of like you know we're lucky we've, we, we've kind of almost kind of getting in to a british university with kind of an american qualification which we you know and i know it hasn't got as many ucas points but in terms of getting into a, a british university then that's that's what they're offering and that's what you know we've, we've got people this year who are you know going to york for example and she's been offered uh she's 
it would be actually have to get three APs to be able to go there. And that would usually be three A-levels. I thought that when you applied to university, you applied with UCAS points, but you don't, you don't do that if you're doing no. APs. Yeah, no, you don't apply. No. So you just, they just, they tell you that they want three APs and then, you know, that's what you've got. You've got three APs. I suppose and in then, a sense, you're an American, you're an American student and you're, you know, imagine if you were American, you lived in America and you wanted to come to a UK university, that's what they would require of you. So it's a, it's like coming in as a foreigner in a sense, I suppose, right? Mm-hmm. See, that leads me on to my next question, which is that, is there a worry that they may look at these English people or British people who are now applying with APs and think, hang on, they're, get, they're getting in when they could have been doing A-levels and they're doing half the work? I think for us, it, it almost it wouldn't make sense for us to do the A-levels because we're, we're kind of in this American system. And say, for example, the maths, the, the, the British, maths, British maths is quite different from American maths. So we've been doing this high school diploma. So it makes us it makes sense for us to continue doing kind of the American the American maths. It, it, it almost like it would be strange to kind of switch over to do A-levels. And the same with the science, same with a lot of the subjects, really, that they're definitely they're slightly orientated differently so it makes sense for us to you know to stick with the american system but obviously you know if you've got students who are not you know able to do it i suppose we have more time i suppose it also gave, gives us more time to do other things so we're not as construct which is you know i think why we think it's so great for homeschoolers that our kind of higher level qualifications are taking less time so we have more time to do other things which is you know a plus but if you if you are getting into a British university with a kind of bare minimum and you're not ready to do I don't know physics at Oxford or something then yeah you would be very unwise and you would you know you wouldn't want to surely go there with the minimum qualifications and you would want to do extra reading and extra you know research and stuff and I think no one's suggesting that you only want to do the minimum I've got so many questions. I feel like my brain is like a whir of questions because it's all so different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's taken us a long time. To, would you agree, Jenny, to get our heads around this? I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's complicated. It's definitely complicated. So you mentioned, Helen, that your children have sort of always been in the in the American style of education. So I'm guessing that when they apply to universities, they just say we're following the American curriculum and the and the university's like, oh, okay, in that case, you need three APs to come in. But what about a child who's followed the British system all the way through and then gets to 17 and thinks, God, this is a lot of hard work. I'm going to switch to APs. Would they be able to sort of apply in that same sense and just say, oh, I'm, I'm following the American curriculum for the end bit, basically? I don't know because that hasn't happened. and. Um... Maybe. I, I mean, I, it would be interesting. You know, we haven't we haven't done that. So I can't say, yeah, that'll be fine. You know, I, I suppose a British university might think well, that's a bit odd. You know, why have they done that? Um, you know, I mean, I, I suppose I would if I was the British university. But then I guess if you have a good reason for it, you know, maybe the child would be able to say, well, I actually want to do five subjects and, you know, I want the breadth of, you know, study. So that's why I want to do it. So or I'm homeschooled. And doing as a homeschooler, I think you could certainly argue that as a homeschooler, doing A-levels is just prohibitively expensive and the practicals and things are just so, so expensive. So this was a this was a kind of route into into university that was possible for me. And I just couldn't afford or we couldn't manage the, you know, so say, for example, the science, there aren't practicals with the AP. It doesn't doesn't there aren't any. 
That was my next question, actually, because I know that a lot of people who go to university to do science, you can actually not do the practicals. But I know that the universities like you to have done the practical. So I'm wondering, does that map again with the APs or do they just think, well, there's no chance for them to do them for the APs. So we don't discriminate against that. I don't, I don't know how the universities view it, but I mean, there, there isn't there isn't the option to do the practicals with the APs. So I guess any Americans any American who is in a British university doing science got there. Maybe they'd have done practicals, but in terms of their qualifications, there's no qualification that involves a practical. And are these the same qualifications that they do at school in in America? So mm -hmm. they so they, but they must do practicals in their school labs. Yeah, right? yeah. But so it's just they're I just not assessed. They're not recorded. Yeah, they're not recorded. So, so my for example, my son did AP biology last year, and there were. There were experiments that we had to have either done or looked at or and there was questions in the exam about the about the practical, but we weren't test. There was no. So he, he either did those or he watched a video of those and he was asked, like, for example, in the exam, whether this was a good experiment or what was the problem with this experiment. But there was no he either did or didn't have to have done any practicals. Nobody knew whether he'd done any or not. But I guess you're in a biology class in the States. And yeah, I presume that you'd have done the experiments. Yeah, in actual fact, GCSE astronomy is exactly the same where they, they you have to have done a certain amount of practicals just to answer questions in the exam paper about it, but you don't get assessed in it as such. Mm. So, yeah, it's a similar mm. kind of system. We interrupt this broadcast to remind you to like and subscribe to our podcast. And don't forget to join our Home Education Matters Facebook group where you can find details on all our podcasts, any links or resources mentioned, chat to our guests, request upcoming podcasts, and even come on the podcast yourself. Do join us over there. So my next question then is, if they take a year and they equate to an AS level, um, are they the same academic level as an AS level? Are they basically like the first year of A levels? Or are they the same academic amount of a as an A level, but squashed into one year? Um. I, I mean, it's, it's really hard to know. I mean, I so again, my son who did biology last year. I mean, I I'd never done any biology. I really tried to help him with it, and I so I I showed the A level, I showed the AP biology syllabus to some friends who are sort of teachers, and they said that some of it was above S level. You know, the old S level. So some of it they said was way above A level. But I don't I don't think it all could have been. You know, so I think it's I think it's just a different exam. You know, I think the I, it's just different, you know, so I don't think it's a, an A-level squished into two years. I don't know. It's just different. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not not sure that I would know enough about A-levels and could compare an A-level with a AP and tell you whether it was easier or harder. I mean, it's different. To give you an idea, um, I think that m for A-levels, most home educated students tend to do about an hour and a quarter per subject per day studying. Mm -hmm. Uh, five five days a week so um they do so if they my son's doing four and he does four hours a day basically so he actually does mm -hmm. slightly less than the average but you know it's it's around that so is it the same kind of study time for an ap would you would you if you're doing say three ap's would you be expecting over the year would you be expecting the child to do about three hours a day studying or is it more than that more i'd say more than that i i would say that they need to do more than that um yeah but I don't. But I don't think we're talking about two hours a day. But yeah, I would say that. Yeah, I would say that you are talking about more than that. To, to, to get a, it depends what grade you want. But yeah, to get a five, then the, the marking is like one to five. Five being the highest. So yeah, to get a five, then I'd say that's 
yeah you you would be spending more than an hour a day on it okay and so then they're graded one to five and is that the same for the high school diploma is that great are they graded in the same way what why don't you explain jenny why don't you explain the high school diploma a bit um <laughs> everyone's fell up hearing me sorry <laughs> i know you're great <laughs> helen you're a mine of information is the thing <laughs> that's true um any question helen knows the answer um yeah the the high school diploma each subject you get a grade at the end of that subject so i think the difference in america when you were saying about how an american university if they're looking at a student deciding whether to accept them or not that when they're seeing their high school diploma it's not just like oh this kid has got a high school diploma they can look at the transcript and see over their four years of study oh look how many science subjects they did look how many you know maybe depending on what they're looking for they can see somebody could be really heavy on the science some could be heavier on the art and drama or you know so you can you can see that high school diploma know what they've been doing for four full years which i think that you know is such a good representation of what we do much more so than they pass this exam and this exam and this exam um I know it's not quite like that, but you know, it's you're you're getting a transcript of the four years with all the subjects and what grade you got for each of those subjects. And then on that diploma um transcript, it will say how many credits you got, depending on, you know, some some courses you might have got a half credit, some you will have got a full credit. So all those will add up. There's a minimum amount of credits you have to have for English and maths and certain things. And then there's electives you can, you know, the ones you can mix um, that can be added on top. And then they'll take um, what typically what a university will say in their requirements is you need a high school diploma with a grade point average, a GPA of a certain number and the highest number. So if you got straight A's for all your subjects all four years, you'd have a grade point average of four. If you got, say, a good bunch of A's, some B's or whatever, as it goes down, it will be like a 3.8 or a 3.5. So when you're looking at your entrance requirements for a university, it would say you need a high school diploma with a grade point average of whatever, and you need a, um, however, the APs or whatever, but for the high school diploma, they're looking for that grade point average and how many credits. They're graded like A to F or something. Yeah, the grades for each subject will be A, B, C, D, E, mm. um, A to C, I think, D. And then if you get a half credit, is that because you kind of failed it or something? <laughs> no, that's because you'll have done the half the amount of, well, with the, with the programme we follow, it's typically 120 hours over 32 weeks for a full credit and 60 hours for a half credit. So depending on what on what you're, you maybe just get a half credit in some art that you've done or something that you've done over half the year or you've done less hours, you know, through the year or whatever. So it sounds quite, it sounds quite structured. I'm guessing it's quite structured as a programme, is it? There's no room for, you mentioned there's lots of different subjects. Is there any room for some, for like that kind of unschooling approach where they just, um, they're super interested in, geology or something and they don't actually sit it formally and then they just take the exam at the end they just like take an exam or a credit I, or whatever I that. think I think with the program that we do no not not particularly but I think with 
other high school diplomas so with the homeschool directive absolutely i mean that's how that's how their one will be so, so for their one if you want to do studies in geology or you know they 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 were mentioning you know studies in setting up a website you know so if, if your kid spends 120 hours setting up a website you could get credit for that you know so how do you prove the hours that they've spent the on something the parent don't the parent will have to sign something saying that the, the students you know spent 120 hours in it and that will give them a credit it feels like weirdly unmonitored Busting. yeah it is yeah it's very interesting and it's very advantageous to homeschool i mean it, i think for years i mean you know i just why would anyone do gcse i just don't understand why you would do gcse's you know personally i mean it's just you know if you're making the radical crazy decision to homeschool then why not go all the way and take that extra step and you know do a high school diploma i mean it yeah, to me i mean in my mind it's just so much better you know? because it's easier because, no i mean no i don't think the one we do i don't think it's easier at all it's just different i mean it's just so different it's just such a different approach to learning i mean the one that we do the the approach is mastery so if you do an exam and you get a b in it they would like you to do the exam again to get an A in it. They don't want you to get the B in the exam. They want you to do it again. They want you to get better and to learn the subject, you know, and it, that to me just makes sense, you know, so you're, and also you wouldn't move on until you do, until you get the A, you know, I mean, not, not for every kid, because not every kid's going to get an A, but for an academic kid, you know, that they, they want you to get that. So you, before you move on. So you it, can have multiple reasons. Easier. Yeah, you know, multiple yeah. resets. Mm. Yeah, because the idea being that you're you're done when you've when you know it. You know, you're not done when you've passed the exam and you get a whatever grade. That's not it done. It's done when you're. So I, I feel like that's not easier. It's just so different. It's such a different approach to learning. As I say, it's much more of of a a homeschooling, a home educated way of learning to me than. Um, I mean, we've a good friend who she put some of her kids through GCSEs. We, I've just had one of mine take a maths GCSE in an evening class, actually. But this friend, she she has experience on both sides. And it's just such a different... To me, it seems as if like your GCSE is like you're getting this ticket to to get you on to the next thing. And you're... you're part, I mean, you're, you're learning, but you're, you're receiving so much information that then you're regurgitating for a test to see how much you remember so often. It, it's kind of... I don't know. Would you say that you've got the more experience, Eleanor, probably? It's um, very like that, yeah. Whereas... Whereas surely as home educators, we we want our children to learn in a different way. We, you know, part of not having them in school is so they don't have to jump those same hoops that that school kids have to jump because that's part of being in school. And we it's so great to have the option of not having to do that whole, you know, <laughs> I mean that's uh, part, yeah, me, I'm that's guessing part of homeschooling. I'm guessing and, a lot of these hoops that they don't have to jump is because they don't you have a different assessment procedure for most of these right i'm guessing you, yeah. you mentioned that they're not all exam assessed that kind of yeah, thing. i mean we helen said their exams but i thought maybe exam isn't even the right word because i mean speaking from our experience of the homeschooling program we do i don't know quite how it will work with homeschooling directive homeschool directive i think it's called mm -hmm. um yeah i encourage anybody to get onto them for the answers of how they will make all that work but for the program we do it's um so much of it is the parent assessing 
you know, no, I know whether my child has mastered something or not. <laughs> I don't need to, him to sit and take a test to know it. Sometimes, I mean, there is a certain amount of testing, but so much as a parent, we know what our children's abilities are because we can see them. We're taking it, them through it. We know if they've got something and it's okay to move on to the next thing, or we know when they need more time on something because they really haven't got to grips with this. We're going to do this bit again until we get it. Um, so you're kind of, you know, you're really adapting to the child, right? And I think. Yeah, with the high school diploma that we do, um, there's assessments, not all that much. There's some things you have to send in, um, send in, you know, online. And they are really classed as assessments more than exams to just check that, okay, you've covered this, you've mastered this, you've got to this point. Um, and there'll be end of year, halfway through and end of year assessments often, depending on the subject. Um, but it's not a real pressure for sitting in an exam environment, although you can take that option if you want to, um, but it's not absolutely necessary to do that, if you've, especially if you've got a child that doesn't work well under exam. What about children with um, additional needs, for example? Uh, because obviously mm -hmm. in the British system, you have extra time and laptop use, and I'm guessing that that's just not really relevant because it's assessed yeah. in such a different way. I was it sounds much more that. inclusive, actually. Yeah, it's, I mean, we've got a son there who's just finishing and he has learning difficulties, dyslexia and um, audio processing and everything. But I'm so, I keep saying to myself, I'm so pleased we're doing this and we're not doing the normal system because I've really just been able to adapt it for him. If he's If it's difficult for him reading something, I'll read it aloud to him. Or if he can't write the paper that needs to be assessed, we can do it orally and I can say that, you know, he can he can tell it to me and I can write. It's like, I suppose I'm the, the equivalent of the classroom assistant in the school. You're the scribe. But I can, I can make that work for him and he's going to get his high school diploma. But I think if he was in school, he would just be at the bottom of the pile and it would be really, really hard for him and he wouldn't, it would be a struggle. So, you know, you can get the minimum. We're going for the minimum maths credits just to pass. He'll get, he won't get straight A's, but he'll, you know, he'll get through and he'll have that high school diploma qualification. And I'm guessing the British universities maybe don't look so much at the grade average or whatever. If you're applying to universities, for example, with the high school diploma, they maybe don't notice so much that or do, or do they still check out that 3.9 or whatever? Yeah, that, I think it's about three. I mean, it varies, but I think I think it can be as low as two in some of the British universities, depending on the university. But yeah, I think most of them want, a, you know, 3.5 or something like that. It's really nice the way it puts parents back centre stage, actually, because I know mm. my my son was doing GCSEs. He staggered them over years and years, but he was doing some during COVID and we were trying to get certified grades and I'm actually a trained teacher and I couldn't I couldn't certify any grades for him at all they didn't trust me to do anything like that mm -hmm. and obviously I'd educated him all the way through and it was very frustrating because I thought I know exactly what grade he's working I'm not gonna lie or cheat because that's not like what lesson is that to give him for a start and it was very frustrating because I felt really locked out of the process of his learning when actually I'm very involved in the process of his learning it sounds like the high school diploma you're much more center stage as a parent there yeah Definitely. Yeah, I would say so for sure. It's much more conducive to to homeschooling <laughs> than than trying to fit something that they're doing in school um, into your, as you say, your your home life, your your parenting, your way of teaching your child. For sure, 
it has that flexibility. You mentioned English and maths, and obviously in the British system, universities generally want a pass in English and maths GCSE, even, you know, to go to university. And actually, I think they're now talking about needing that for student loans and all sorts of things now. Is And you mentioned English and maths, that there's particular credits that you need for the high school diploma in English and maths. So is it that you need to have like three or four English based credits and three or four maths based credits? Is it that kind of thing that you have a bl- like compulsory English and maths credits? Yeah, so you need that. And obviously the math level can be different levels. So, you know, some kids might be doing maths, you know, level one, two, three. Another kid might be doing maths level seven, eight, nine. You know, so the level of maths could be very different for two kids. But yeah, for I think almost all high school diplomas, you'd probably need at least three years of maths and three years of English. Because American maths is quite different, isn't it, to mm-hmm. to British maths, the way it's the way they teach it. They teach it sort of like like they they we we tend to do lots of different things every year whereas they tend to focus mm-hmm. one thing per year don't they yeah that's right yeah you, they tend to do you know so you spend a year doing algebra or probably two years doing algebra and a year you're doing geometry when in british school you might do a week of geometry and then a week of algebra but yeah no you do a year <laughs> yeah and year when it comes to english is the is the assessment and other credits are they tend to be quite american english focused so is it american literature that you study is it american grammar that you you're expected to use or does it does it sort of like translate across i think the high school diploma is whatever you know if you want to do english literature and english grammar you do that you do credits in that and if you want to do american you know it's it's up to you you know yeah you you would choose that sort of thing it's really flexible then right indeed yeah and I wonder, Helen, even if if um, the homeschool directives maybe maybe you can do British maths mm-hmm. um, and and get a, um, a high school credit for that sure. too. I mean, we're obviously yeah. we're in a we've been doing a slightly different thing, but we're kind of um, talking about homeschool directives because we're so excited that we've done the really American and all American thing because that was all that was available to us, but. Now that these people have come along and are offering something that they are tuned in to what's happening in the UK and they know that, you know, we're just dealing with Americans who have no idea what the UK system is like or what whether ma- the American maths is any different than the British maths, they wouldn't know. You know, we're not, um, it's great to have people now that are going to be helping families, are going to understand that whole, the way things are different. So I'm guessing you had to send your work off or whatever to an American umbrella school, did you? Yeah, and, and we did. You know, for years it was, you know, it was by post. You know, we had to send it off by post. Uh, and yeah. now, obviously, it's, you know, it's just online. Yeah, we do. So uh, so it, ours is kind of accredited. We are, we are part of an accredited school. So, um, yeah, so our mark, there is some standardisation in the work that we send off. Yeah, it's not an umbrella school. It is an actual school. It's mm-hmm. It's registered as a private school in America, and we do distance learning with them. So it's it's more narrow was the homeschool directives directive. Am I saying it right? They, it's um, a funny name, isn't it? It needs to be like the easy exam company or something. <laughs> no, yeah. you're right. It's not easy. It's not easy. I'm sorry. I'll stop saying that. The more flexible exam company. That's a better way of putting it right. 
<laughs> so is this homeschool directive that's not your company though i'm guessing no 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 we, I mean, yeah i feel like we're plugging it aren't we we should get a plugging our own company <laughs> so the homeschool directive they will be the people that will be assessing the high school diploma so people won't have to send their work off to an american thing and they can get the british stuff maybe just uh, more recognized i suppose so what about the ap's then how are they assessed um, so so you, you would do the high school diploma through homeschool directive or, or somebody else or, or maybe not even you know maybe just do GCSEs um, but then that's it's, occasionally it is enough to get to a British university if you as long as you do something called an SAT exam as well but it, it depends on the university if you want to go to a university that isn't particularly academic it, having the high school diploma and this SAT exam may be enough but it generally isn't um, particularly for more academic universities so then you need the APs um, so you do the APs, um, and this is what Dumox is. Dumox, we're offering 10 APs this year, this next academic year. And uh, we're going to offer a discount to any of your listeners, um, which I think we're going to put in the description. So we're going to be, so, it's, so you do these exams, one-year exams, and you do them. So the Edexcel or the AQA of kind of American exams is called the College Board. So you do, the, the College Board is the provider of these exams, and they happen in May. Um, and they've got we've got one centre at the moment, perhaps two centres next year um, that you can sit these exams in in the UK. Um, and you go to the centre and you sit your exam. And you and it's one exam per subject and you do Correct. three, eight, three or four or uh, like uh, my theoretical physics um, example, mm -hmm. maybe five APs. Sure. But it would be. And are they all sat like A levels and GCSEs? Are they spread out over like a six week period? Uh, no, they're spread they... out over a two week period. So. Um, yeah, so my son this year, he's got, uh, I think, one on a Thursday and one on the following Tuesday. Oh, so nice. you typically wouldn't be doing what you typically, if you start them early-ish, I suppose typically you may be doing one a year or maybe two a year, I guess. Um, so it's not like you would be like A-levels doing them all at, all at once. So you could spread them out because I know that it's generally believed in the home ed circle in, in the UK that universities like to see that you've sat all your A-levels in one go to prove that you can sort of handle the workload. But APs, maybe it's slightly different because it's this different qualification. They're maybe not not needing that so much. You could spread them out. Yeah, I mean, I suppose my, my kids, you know, that hasn't been their experience getting into universities. They've just sat them. It's that over two years, I suppose, that, you know, and there hasn't been a problem. They, they've just done it a couple one year and a couple the next year. They, they've done it alongside the high school diplomas. They've done the high school diploma and they've done the APs alongside it. Well, that's something that we haven't mentioned. I suppose GCSEs, typically you do them first and then you prepare for your A-levels and then you do those. But the difference here is that they're, I mean, you can do them afterwards, but typically people are doing them alongside there. So they're doing them maybe in possibly in their second year of their high school diploma or their third and fourth year, taking them then and actually having the ability to use that study of that course to prepare for the exam as a, a credit for your high school diploma also. And are there, are there kind of mocks and things as well that you can do? So well, through the year, for example? Sure. I mean, so, yeah, with Demox, then, you know, we're going to be setting up. Uh, so we've got teachers, which I think Jenny was probably say something about. Um, and then we're, you know, so it'll just be like an online course. You know, there'll be an online, you know, live uh, one hour taught session each week. 
and then you'll be set homework. Um, yeah, you'll be doing mocks. Uh, you'll be doing, you know, work, assessed work each week. You'll be getting, you know, reading to do, uh, questions to do, depending on the subject, essays to do. Uh, yeah, so it'll, it'll be set up as a course, you know, as, a, as an online course, and there'll be, you know, one hour that'll be live each week. So you'll have a tutor that sort of says you're working at this kind of grade or, work, you know, that kind of thing. So you get some yeah. feedback through the year. Because I think for lots of our listeners, this will feel so alien that they'll be, you know, that they'll they'll probably want a lot of back and forth about how their child is doing because they won't be able to. Because normally as a parent, we've been through the GCSE and A-level system. So we know, so we, we sort of are able to help our child a bit more, but we'd be a bit lost, I think, trying to so, help our children. Yeah, I mean, so on that, so on that we, we explain what we're offering on the uh, Dumbox uh, websites. We've kind of got a list there of everything that we're providing. And we've said that we're going to provide like for uh, uh, week 10 and week 20, depending on, I think, I think actually though, I think we're going to need something a bit earlier than that. So I think probably week five and week 15, we're going to provide reports to parents, giving them some feedback. But then it's all going to be set up on Google Classroom. Um, so there'll be a kind of clear thing that you can send to parents, so which just has like a, you know, it's just very clear as to whether the kid's doing the work or not doing the work and how they're progressing. Parents absolutely need to know what's going on. The other thing I wanted to ask you was about resets, because I know that in the British system, you have to declare all the exams that you do. But I got the impression with the high school diploma that you can keep going and, and try to get higher grades. Did, does the same thing work with APs? Could you, for example, sit three APs because they only take a year and then think, do you know what, I want to get higher grades and then sit them again the next year and just declare the second year's worth. So American universities don't mind you doing, uh, it's an expression, I can't think of the expression, I think it's, there's an, have an expression for it, so that you just give the best best grade. But I think for British universities, I, I think you have to give all the exams you failed as well. So I think as a sec with the APs, I think you, if you did fail the money, I think you would have to do that. And so then you could show your progression, I suppose, in that yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. But but Jenny, do you want to say about our teachers? I think we just Yeah, I mean just to mention how what excellent teachers we have. We've I mean Helen and I, um, just a little background of setting up this Dumox learning. Of course, we both had children doing this. Helen has um taught her own children, you know, got them to the point of taking the exam herself, which is can be hard in some subjects, some subjects doable, right, Helen, but mm -hmm. but some quite difficult to do, depending on your own background. And then we just felt that there's there's a growing number of students doing the homeschool program with the school in America that we do. And it was always a common problem that was how can we get our children into UK universities? And we knew that there was this option of APs, but it's difficult to do. And Helen started teaching um, a macroeconomics course and a maths course to help people get to that point. We've had an English course this past year and some maths um, SAT prep courses as well. So we were kind of, you know, offering some more things to the, we've become UK consultants for our the school in America that we follow. Um, and, you know, we really just wanted to help other families here that we can see just need this help. And it's not really available. There's one or two places in the States that are doing something kind of similar, but it's not really. I think Domox Learning really is unique in that we're really offering a mix. I mean, Americans can take our courses. We've got a mixture of American and UK students, ones that are very familiar with the APs. We've got um, 
we've got a, a doctor, a university professor that's um, got a lot of experience in teaching, doing a statistics course for us. We've got just really excellent teachers that have, some of them come to us and wanted to help and wanted to um, contribute in this way, as it were, to the whole homeschooling world in this country, um, which is so exciting. We didn't really expect that we would have the caliber of teachers that we've got. So, and we actually didn't even expect that we would offer so many courses. We thought, oh, let's just start, you know, see if we can get some people to to teach um, a couple of courses, see if we can help out in that way. And it's really grown and we're really excited about how it's gonna go in the future. And just having those great teachers, having the variety of courses that we've got to offer. Um, and it's, yeah, it's an exciting way forward, I think, for the whole homeschool world in this country. I agree. And one, I mean, one question I have for you is that I'm guessing there's going to be people listening to this whose children are, say, like 15, 16, because there's an awful lot of children at the moment that are being taken out of school quite late and that they're, they're now homeschooling. And they they may be sort of stuck in this system where they're doing GCSEs and maybe they think, OK, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stick with this now because this is, you know, we're, we're sort of only a year away from doing the GCSEs. It's maybe too late to do this sort of four-year study, or even even if you squished it down to two years. And I'm I'm guessing that some of the people listening to this are thinking, but instead of putting my child into college or doing uh, A-levels, then the APs sound a good option. Is it too late, do you think, if they've gone through the GCSE system to then map to the APs? Because I know we talked about this a bit at the beginning, Helen, and you said um, that that's not something that's generally been done because normally you start in the American system and carry on. Uh -huh. But um, but the majority of people um, listening, I would guess, probably have slightly older older children uh -huh. or teens who maybe can't start the high school diploma because uh -huh. they're already immersed in the GCSE system. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think it's certainly possible. I, I think as a as a family, we always felt one of, the, one of the appeals to us about the high school diploma was that it did go on to 18. Um, my husband and I were both teachers and, and we felt almost like for us that if we could pick the worst time for our kids to actually be at school, it was going to be the 16 to 18 bit. That was the time that we most didn't want them to be at school. Um, and we really wanted them. I mean, kids are just so great at that age. We, you know, we just so enjoy having them at home during that period. And it's so great watching them develop and grow. And, and we want to be a part of their learning at that point. But it's not easy, you know, because obviously the yeah, yeah, my son helping him through his biology last year was just well, I, I you know I know why I never wanted to do biology myself. I mean, it, it was just really <laughs> tough, you know. So 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 the academic part is tough. So you need help. Um, but yeah, you know, I would say you know if you've done GCSEs, then yeah, you know, come come and do this, you know, <laughs> come and do this rather than A levels. Um, and you know, maybe do four, you know, maybe don't do three, maybe kind of almost cover your bases and think right, well. If I was doing A-levels, I'd need three. And if you know, and you know, most kids don't do four A-levels unless they're particularly academic, but with these APs, well, kind of like, well, this is a bit unorthodox. So let's go for most universities, academic universities want three. I'm gonna go for four, you know, because I'm gonna sort of almost, you know, give myself a better chance of kind of doing this. So so I suppose that's what I would suggest, you know, if you've got an academic kid is at home and you know, wants to go to university, you know, and, and is academic and you think that's likely, then I would say, yeah, try four, try four APs, because, you know, you are going to look, why are they doing APs? But you can say, to you, you know, there's lots of reasons why you can say to the British University, well, it's cheaper. 
you know, it's possible, I can do this. Um, you know, the whole science thing is just going to be so much more doable. So yeah, I, that would be my advice. Well, do get in touch with us if there's any, you know, I'd say anybody listening, if if you're thinking, well, how will this work? How will that work? Um, you know, get in touch with us through the website or um, through Facebook or whatever. We have the Domox Learning Facebook page and the website. You can contact us through there. You know, if there's something that you're thinking, how would I make that work? Or, you know, do get in touch with us. But as far as you're aware from university admissions pages, you could you could apply to university with GCSEs and APs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but talk to the universities, you know, I mean, universities are, are good at getting back to you. So, you know, say, ask them, you know, ask them those questions and say, you know, I A-levels are just super expensive as a homeschooler. You know, give give you reasons, you know, why why you're looking at this and, and see what they say. I mean, you know, that would probably be a wise thing to do before embarking on this. What about European universities and things like that? Is it does the same thing hold for that? Is it sort of three APs generally for those? Yeah, I, I don't know much about it, but yeah, I, I mean, I would imagine so because obviously Americans are going to be studying at, you know, European universities, other universities. I, I mean, I, I couldn't see why it wouldn't be that. I suspect it would be that. Do Americans standardly do three then? N no. <laughs> so Americans standardly don't do any. <laughs> so Americans tend not to need. Oh, they do APs. the SATs and the. Yeah, the high school diplomas. They do, so if the Americans do APs, they're doing it to get college credit. So remember, we're saying that the American university system is almost like a, a, a lower level so if an american student does an ap then they get credit off their university and that's why an american may do an ap so to get some college credit they would call it is there a chance for british students to do the high school diploma and sats instead of high school diploma and ap's which yes. do you like do you call apps i'm tempted to call them apps APs, <laughs> no, they call apps. A, yeah they're called <laughs> aps so yes yes i mean so so our kids have actually done three of them they've done the um high school diploma some british universities want a high school diploma and aps and some british universities want a high school diploma and sat and aps so you know we've the, the sat is a simpler exam to prepare for it's an english and maths exam but it's an English exam. There's, there's no required test text or anything like that. It's, it's like a reading comprehension exam. And the maths exam is, I mean, the maths exam is a maths exam, but the English part of it is. Uh, is it like functional, functional skills kind of level? Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe kind of it's higher than that. It's a higher level than that. But yeah, it's kind of not a, um, it's, it's like reading comprehension, really. That's it. And, and grammar. Um, but yeah, so, so you tend to do this SAT exam and the high school diploma and then APs. And they used to be, just in case somebody's heard it before, they used to be SAT subject tests, right? But they don't do them anymore. So just, I noticed that you said Eleanor SATs. Mm. There used to be a thing called SATs because there was different subjects you could do it in, but now there's just one SAT. It's like a general SAT. There's not subject ones anymore. It's the APs you, that do the subjects. And these are generally sat all within that four-year period. So you would sit your high school diploma, your SAT, and any APs that you wanted within that mm -hmm. four-year period. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, that explains <laughs> then why the APs are only one year, because obviously you're doing all that other stuff as well at the same time, right? So they don't mm -hmm. want to make that too mm -hmm. heavy, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. So my last question to you is that my son, who's doing, he's doing four A-levels, and he I suggest I told him about this and and I think it's a brilliant ruse. <laughs> I think it's fabulous <laughs> because it halves his workload, basically. And I said, you know, what do you think? And he said, but 
you know, he said, as far as he's concerned, the, the whole reason that A-levels are very heavy and that they take two years is so that you're prepared for when you go to Oxford and do theoretical physics or whatever, so that you sort of like you've done that learning first rather than having to do that. You, you know, you mentioned that the American universities have that one year kind of access year, basically. Well, it, a UK university doesn't have that, right? You just have a three year course mainly. So I think his point was, are you going to be able to hit the ground running when you get to university if you've done APs? Okay, so I think uh, my son has just gone this September um, to to Sheffield to um, to do a maths degree um, with these American qualifications, and I think his experience was so he's gone to a British university with these American qualifications, um, and he has done a lot less maths in some ways because he he didn't do maths and further maths, um, which most of the other you know I think everybody else did maths. Um, so there, there's certainly been things that he has found like really difficult. That's been really hard. Um, but there's also been other courses. For example, they've had a geometry course, and his um, his geometry course because the American maths was so sort of specialised, and he did this geometry course. He's found they've been doing lots of proofs and things, and a lot of these British kids had never done any of that. He found that very easy. There's also been other sort of some other math sections. Um, he was telling us about one a project recently. That he had to they had to write up something um and so they had to write an account of it and these several of these other kids have never done past 16 they've never done any essays because they've done their double maths and physics he said they were just absolutely dreading the thought of having to write up something he volunteered to do that because we've done this american system up until 18 he's been writing essays um so he was really happy to do that he's got another um course which is um something about the history of maths which is very essay better write essays about maths so again he finds that really easy um, so I would say it, it's kind of, yes, I suspect there, there will be subjects that you won't have, you know, gone into the depth that you will at A level. Um, so maybe, you know, I don't know, probably more so I'd suspect for the science you subjects, to say physics, perhaps you won't have done as much physics, your physics won't have been as detailed. But, but I guess, you know, I guess you can choose to do the minimum of everything and maybe you have got in not knowing enough. But I think you know, you would hope that your kids have done a, a wider, a broader thing with your high school diploma and they've done other things. So I don't know. So he, you know, over you know Christmas, he was watching videos trying to catch up on the things that he didn't know. And it's kind of able to do that. So I'd say he's, yeah, there were certainly things that he didn't know as well as kind of British kids, but there were certainly other skills that he had that other kids didn't have. And I, I suppose I would suspect that would be the, you know, that would be the case for most of the children. What you lose in some areas, you gain in other areas. Yeah, which I think I is so. actually all children pretty much go mm -hmm. to university with mm -hmm. that kind of thing where they're, they've got strengths and knowledge in some mm -hmm. areas and maybe not so much, particularly when you're home educated, because mm -hmm. it tends to be a bit more freeform, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think if you're home educated, typically what I see in kids is that they they know how to learn much easier than the child that's been through school. They're, you know... I mean, we've always, you know, you're encouraging them to be independent learners and to have a love of learning. And, you know, um, to me, that typically homeschool children are much more clued in to, OK, I'm in this situation. What am I going to do here? Like Helen's son, he's like, right, this bit here. OK, I'm going to watch the videos. I'm going to, you know, they're just to me tend to be more capable at that kind of thing and seeing where those gaps are and getting onto it to sort that out or to, you know, their capabilities to me are so often higher than your average child. Of course, every child is different, but, you know, typically out of school, you've been fed so much 
of this is what you need to learn next. This is what you need, you know, they're less independent as homeschoolers, much more independent learners, which I think is such a good thing because they'll um, they'll know what to do in those situations that they might, you know, be lacking. Or um, I find that home homeschooled kids usually get along just fine in university because they're much more capable learners, as it were, you know. So you run a company, Dumox Learning, and you're going to be offering APs. You're offering 10 APs. And I'm guessing that that most of the people you'll be, most of the students you'll be working with will have come through the high school diploma route. Or are you assuming that you'll be getting mainly British students who have done GCSEs at that point? It's hard to know what we'll get. <laughs> I would say a mix, I would think. Yeah. I would say a mix. Um, I mean, this is our first year running Dumox Learning. We have run some classes before, but typically it's been, um, you know, people that have been doing the same program as us or it's, it's, it's you know, we've got a connection with them already or it's, you know, this is the first time um, this year in actually running it as a available to a very wide, wide range of possibilities potential students that could be from all different kind of backgrounds so yeah we're open to whoever whoever and, and the us kind of uk mix i mean I, I don't know we don't know whether we're going to be mostly uk or mostly us student but yeah i don't know we'll wait and see yeah, and, the, and the courses that have been running the short courses for the we've had um a couple of sat prep classes short courses six and 12 week courses and they've been a mix, right, of, of mm -hmm. UK and US students, which is kind of fun as well. Um, so they've been going already. And yeah, of course, last year, um, you know, there has been some activity, but this is the first time it's been so open to any kind of variable. So we'll, we'll work with whatever comes. <laughs> Exciting. So I'm going to taxi now and ask you which of the 10 APs you're offering. Can you remember them all? <laughs> Um, like university that. challenge see if you can okay. remember all 10 so, okay let's go one at a time then Jenny okay so English language <laughs> and English literature <laughs> uh, European history oh you're helping me out here Helen <laughs> um, world history uh, statistics um, biology uh, microeconomics Ooh. Um, 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 okay, now is the uh, it's a comparative government course uh, and Latin. Is that is that US government or UK government? No, it's, it's I, my son really wants to do it. I think it sounds fascinating. So it's comparative government, and they look at five countries. They look at I don't know why these five, but they look at UK, Iran, Nigeria, and China. And so was that five? I think anyway, there's five countries that they look at, and they look at they compare Amazing. the governments in those countries. I think oh wow, I wouldn't mind doing that. <laughs> That's fascinating. And so then you yeah. had Latin, did I hear? Yeah, Latin. Yes. So we're, very yeah, who knows how many, yeah, that's very uh, highbrow, isn't it? So uh, I don't know how many Latinists we're going to get. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully some. We've been talking to um, an organisation called Classical Conversations, so we're hoping that some of those might be interested. We haven't hit our 10 yet, I don't think. Um, so okay, what getting? Mm. English language, English literature. So we've got two Englishes, um, two histories, uh, human geography, um, statistics, economics, uh, biology. How many are you up to? Nine. Um, Have you got maths? Are you doing just yes, the standard we're maths still, one? We're, yeah, we're still, there's two of them. We're still hunting teachers. So pre-calculus teacher, we were still hunting for. Um, 
but yeah so i think that's yeah maybe that's nine maybe we've actually got nine and the sat maybe yeah and the sat prep so yeah and and it, you know i guess if we have many more people signing up i guess if we you know it, it goes incredibly well then we've we've still got to the end of august so i guess we would still perhaps you know offer more courses you know we would, we would perhaps take on more teachers and offer more courses if it goes you know swimmingly well we'll see yeah, so, so if, if there's courses that we're not offering please do tell us because mm -hmm. i'm thinking if there's a demand if there's people say okay we'd really like to do we've potentially got a spanish course but we're we're not sure what the demand would be for that so mm -hmm. if there is a demand for certain things but people would have to let us know we'd like to do such and such but it's not on your list if we have enough people saying of the same course you know maybe we can make that happen mm -hmm. i think maths is the most popular a level now yeah you that's now the most popular a level but you're not i'm guessing that for my um hypothetical theoretical physicist phys, physicist for my mm -hmm. hypothetical theoretical physicist <laughs> they would need physics wouldn't they ap they would they would indeed yeah so, so that I would guess be a case do... of just contacting you and just saying any chance yeah. of you offering physics yes yes and i guess we'd need more than so we, we've had for the last couple of weeks we've had two people questioning about chemistry so we have thought mm, chemistry should we be offering chemistry yeah if we have people wanting it then i you know of course we want i mean so much of this was a service you know we we wanted to provide this for homeschoolers and we you know it's that's how we started doing it and then it's like actually this is becoming a bit the needs becoming bigger than we anticipated and how can we how can we make this more organized so yeah if people want that then absolutely we'd like to do that and this all starts in september and runs through to the exams in may yeah end of august last week of august it okay and how much is it per ap or do you charge per month or how does that work uh 470 pounds per ap um but we have an early bird um which is uh 10 off until uh, like basically for march so you can sign up from the first of march uh and then there's early bird for 10 percent and then um, we were going to offer, I think Jenny's going to say what we're going to offer. Yeah, we, were, we were hoping to offer to any of the listeners of this podcast, Eleanor, um, an extra discount with a code. Well, we'll have that code in our Facebook group for sure. So yeah. anyone listening, do come and have a look in our Facebook group because we'll put that code in there. Because mm -hmm. actually £470 per AP is actually a very good price compared to A-levels, isn't it? Mm -hmm. indeed yeah and it's much cheaper than there's only one other person that's you know really competitive with us and we're about half the price of their courses because we're new you know we haven't done this before so we're new and we're trying to establish ourselves so i kind of you know one and only competitor really we're yeah about not not all our courses but with that discount we're certainly about half the price well it's very exciting i think it's about it time we i've i'm every almost every podcast that i've done i end up having a mini rant about the the assessment process in the uk because i think it's so annoying <laughs> and i hate the way exams are assessed and i hate the whole gcse thing and homeschooling and home education is so lovely right up until you get to gcse's and then you force your child to just jump through these mm -hmm. pointless hoops and mm -hmm. they're very expensive and they're very limited the subjects you can do and then lots of the really fun ones you can't do because they're coursework based or practicals or whatever and it's really really frustrates me so it's really nice that there's other options out there and and particularly options for you know for people that maybe like a bit of a range of subjects it's very difficult i think in the uk you tend to get encouraged to really narrow down very quickly so it's really nice that you've got that that choice at high school diploma to be nice and broad and then for ap's you could also get this mix of subjects i think it's very positive 
And it's such a time in their life that I feel like it's so sad for me to hear you say that, that they get to a certain age and then you've got to try and squeeze them into a certain, there's so much pressure onto what you should be doing rather than what you would wish to be doing. And I think when they're that age, that's the age where they really should be flourishing and really should be, you know, they start to discover that, I mean, even my 14 year olds now, it's only this year that I feel like, oh, one of them's definitely way more artistic and really wants to just create all the time. And the other ones, like suddenly he's writing papers and feeling so proud of himself that, it, and, and they're twins actually, um, that it's it's such a wonderful years, these last years of school, that, that you really want them to be doing the things that they start, are only maybe starting to feel passionate about or, finding themselves in in you know you want to have that flexibility to be able to to allow them to be themselves and not not having to answer to what's expected of them as it were yeah and and like i always say i mean you know for me the main tenets of home education are freedom and flexibility and yeah. unfortunately the british assessment system as it is GCSEs and A-Loves is the most inflexible <laughs> and the least free system that there yeah. can be so so it's lovely thank you so much for coming on and telling us about these alternative routes because I think it's it's really helpful and it's really nice to know that actually you know we're a little island but that doesn't mean that educationally that we have to keep ourselves trapped sort of in the British system we can actually take the best things from all around the world so thank you Helen and thank you Jenny thank you so much for coming on today and um yeah and anyone who wants that discount code do come on to our Facebook group and I'll put it in the post thank Thank you you so much thank Thank you you. Eleanor thank you thank you so much for joining us for today's home education matters podcast see you at the next one have a lovely day